What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, December 11th, and the Cam Akers era has officially begun in fantasy football. How do you like that? How do you like that right there? I love December rookie running backs, and uh, if you started him, good on you. You're off to probably a good start. If you faced him, well, you may be in a little bit of a hole, but we'll get you out of that hole. I'll set you up here with the remaining 15 games, all the matchup information we need to know uh, for all of the remaining games on this week 14 slate. Before we get into that, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on MonkeyKnifeFight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. And that means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight. Has it all, and you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up, and if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyNightFight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at MonkeyNightFight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. There you go. MonkeyNightFight. Pretty cool game, a little bit different than what you're used to with DFS, but try it out. Promo code RANT, that'll hook you up right there. Let's dive into the action uh, around the league. We'll start with the Houston Texans facing off against the Chicago Bears. David Montgomery, in the last three weeks, will be facing the top three matchups for running backs. The perfect storm for Montgomery, and the good times keep rolling here. He's a top five play for me right now. I can't believe it either. But the Texans are allowing 139.5 rushing yards per game, 5.23 yards per carry to opposing backfields. So giddy up, David Montgomery. Not quite going as far as Mitchell Trubisky as a streamer, but I tell you what, I actually had Cam Newton on the bench last night in a Superflex league where I am fighting for my playoff lives, and I have Mitchell Trubisky in the starting spot. I'm not really too upset about it based on how Cam performed I don't expect a massive performance here for Trubisky, but I do think there's enough here. It's number 13 fantasy matchups. There's enough for Allen Robinson to get his. On the other side, I talked yesterday about Kiki QT and his matchup. But what about Deshaun Watson? I know a lot of people are maybe thinking twice against the Chicago defense, but here's the thing. Chicago did allow 400 passing yards, 402 to be precise, in a three-score day to Maddie Stafford with a shorthanded Lions offense last week. So I really can't see fading Watson here, even though the matchup doesn't look necessarily great on paper. Dallas and Cincinnati, Andy Dalton's sweet, sweet revenge, right? Dalton's not in play. I mean, in DFS, I'm sure you know you could you could build some lineups with him for sure. But I think Dalton Schultz is interesting here. The Bengals have allowed seven touchdowns to tight ends in their last eight games. So if you're hurting for a tight end, Dalton Schultz is certainly in play. I like Zeke here a lot. You know, honestly, he had 95 scrimmage yards on 22 touches against the Ravens. That's not a bad game. It wasn't a good fantasy game, but that's not really a bad game. And now you look at this matchup. There are three teams in the league who allow more than five yards per carry to opposing running backs. I already mentioned one. It's the Houston Texans. Well, here are the other two, Dallas and Cincinnati. Cincinnati's at five on the nose 
So I, I like Zeke here. Zeke's a top 12 play, man. And maybe he'll redeem himself here uh, as the as we get into the playoffs. On the other side, nothing to like. It looks like Brandon Allen will be the starter here. But Giovanni Bernard, ah, man, it's such a good matchup. But my concern is that Brandon Allen's going to find a way to screw that up. You know, they're not going to be able to move the football. And therefore, Bernard's not going to be anything more than a back-end RB2 play. By the way, as I'm recording here, I'm recording a little bit earlier than I normally do on a Friday, but news coming down that David Johnson may miss this week against the Bears. It would be Duke Johnson. It would be really boring. He'd be a flex play, basically where I'm ranking David Johnson right now. So there is that possibility. So just keep that in mind if you were thinking about relying on uh, David Johnson here. But anyway, let's move on to our next matchup. That, of course, being... The Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins. Interesting litmus test for Patrick Mahomes because the Dolphins are pretty good against the pass, allowing 1.2 passing scores per game. That is tied for the lowest entering the week with the Rams. Obviously, the Rams will be a little bit lower than that uh, after what they did to New England. But regardless, it doesn't matter for Mahomes. It's more, more or less just a gauge of, is he an MVP? I mean, if he goes off on this one, then yeah, no doubt about it. Anyway, Clyde Edwards-Alaire practicing in full. I'm not worried about him here. Actually, 4.4 yards per carry is what the Dolphins are giving up. So it's a, it's a pretty good spot for Edwards-Alaire. And back in our good graces in RB2. It's really about the other side of this matchup, though. It's a run funnel for Miles Garrett. We saw what Melvin, Melvin Gordon did last week. 131 rushing yards on 15 carries. 4.66 yards per carry allowed to opposing backfields. So... Miles Garrett, if he gets another 20-plus touches, he's going to be a top-10 play this week. Arizona and the G-Men, not a good time of year for Kyler Murray to cool off. You know, over the last three weeks, he's just 18th among quarterbacks in fantasy scoring. And, you know, you could say, is it the shoulder? But I'm also concerned just about this matchup. This is a Giants defense that just basically contained Russell Wilson. They didn't completely shut him down, but they contained him. This is the first week of the fantasy playoffs, too. I think you probably have to use Kyler Murray if you're looking at the Mitchell Trubiskys of the world. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go Matt Ryan over him or Ben Roethlisberger over him or Matthew Stafford over him or Kirk Cousins over him. But if you're sitting there and you have Justin Herbert, well, hell yeah, I'm starting Justin Herbert ahead of Kyler Murray this week. I'll talk about Herbert in uh, just a few minutes. On the other side, Lil Wayne. Uh, he's been one of the biggest fantasy surprises of the year. Wayne Gallman, really kind of a jag is the way that a lot of us viewed him. But he hasn't been. He's found the end zone six times since week seven. 16 and a half touches per game. Sixth among running backs and fantasy scoring over that span. He has very much an RB2 this week against the Cardinals defense that has allowed five rushing scores over the last three games. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, don't overthink it with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, sure. The Bucks allow 3.05 yards per carry to opposing backfields. I don't care. I don't care. He's a stud. And nobody else is going to touch the ball because Alexander Madison isn't playing. So it doesn't matter. Even if he averages three yards per carry, if he has 32 or 33 carries, he's going to be close to 100 yards. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't care. Uh, looks like Mike Evans will play. He He's banged up, but Bruce Arians said he's going to play here. So you have him, you have Godwin, you have Brown. I talked about their matchup yesterday. I love it. Ronald Jones, 
Who? Ron Jones. Uh, does he get the 20 carry mark or close to it? If he does against this Vikings defense, that allows 4.4 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Then, man, oh, man, Ronald Jones is going to be a factor here. I think he's a borderline top 12 play in this matchup. Denver, Carolina. Well, don't think that the Panthers defense is just completely soft against the run. I know that was the narrative entering the year. And it held true earlier in the season. But speaking of Dalvin Cook, in Week 12, the last time we saw this Carolina Panthers defense, they held Cook in check. So I don't know if we can just say, oh, Melvin Gordon, smash spot. I don't think so. He's still just a back-end RB2. Christian McCaffrey, doubtful, so not going to play. DJ Moore won't play. I talked about how Robbie Anderson benefits there. But really, it's Mike Davis. And Mike Davis, as we know, kind of a boring RB2. But... The world needs boring RB2s, you know, so you probably have to start him uh, if you if you have him. Tennessee, Jacksonville. Let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Jacksonville allowing 286 net passing yards per game. That's the fourth most in the league. Of course, Tannehill's play last week certainly was impressive. 389 passing yards, three scores through the air as well. It was a game script thing, but the thing I like about the Jags is they have a little bit of fight in them, and I think they stay in this enough to benefit Tannehill plus AJ Brown back in practice today so that is a good thing in mispractice first two days of the week uh, both Brown and Davis are in great spots here on the other side James Robinson on the injury report but I'm not worried about him and I think it's pretty straightforward you use him you might use DJ Chark as a wide receiver three but I think that's a little dicey I don't know if I would go that far if I have better options Indy and the Raiders. Jonathan Taylor looked like he was going to be a bust this year. He now doesn't look like he's going to be a bust this year. Over the last two games, 181 rushing yards, 35 attempts, seven catches, 68 yards, and a score. Not too shabby. And Vegas just allowed a 100-yard day to Ty Johnson. 4.7 yards per carry to opposing backfields. Like me some Johnny Taylor this week. Uh, Josh Jacobs, will he be back on the field? Well, he did get back in practice uh, yesterday, so that is obviously a good thing. In terms of a Friday practice report, when I am recording this, technically speaking, I do not have a practice report for him. If it's limited, it'll be one of those game time type decisions. If it is full, then giddy up, Josh Jacobs. Now, it is a tough matchup. This Colts defense, we've noted throughout the course of the year, they're pretty good against the run, 3.85 yards per carry to opposing backfields. But it's a volume play with Jacobs. He would still be an RB1. If Booker ends up being the starter, he's more of a flex. We, he showed us last week that you can't really trust him. So today, also, by the way, I did an appearance on Lindsey Rhodes' podcast. You know Lindsey Rhodes from NFL Network. She has the NFL Rhodes Show podcast, which you should be subscribing to. Lindsey is very good people. And we, we chatted a little bit about Darren Waller, and she asked me, hey, are you at all concerned that the Colts are so good against tight ends? They are. They've allowed just one receiving score the whole season. That was uh, Robert Tanyan. And I told her, you know, I'm not really worried because Darren Waller really isn't a tight end, right? He's he's the best wide receiver on the team. He is a freak of nature with his size-speed combination, and he really basically is a constant mismatch. So don't overthink that one too much. I mean, more of, that's more of a DFS thing. Do you want to pay up for him at 6800 on DraftKings? That's pricey. I think there's better routes to go by paying down this week at, at tight end. 
But, you know, season long, don't worry about it whatsoever. And definitely go check out uh, Lindsay's podcast because it, it's good stuff. And it was a really fun conversation uh, just talking everything possible that we could for week 14 fantasy football. Jets, Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are, well, still the, the top matchup in terms of passing yards per game, 324 net passing yards per game. But that has been dropping off in recent weeks, and this is not Sam Darnold. There's no argument for Sam Darnold. I'm not going to try and do that. Also, keep in mind, Denzel Mims out. Jamison Crowder downgraded midweek. He's going to be questionable for this game. I don't know, man. That's I just can't trust much there. Brashad Perryman is 3,900 on DK, though, so I like that. Uh, Frank Gore looks like he's going to be back, so if you were hoping to use Ty Johnson, nope. Probably not. I'm not going to use him as a flex because uh, you know Frank Gore is going to see a few too many carries for that to be possible. That's just the way Adam Gase does things. On the other side, the Jets aren't that far behind the Seahawks as a, as a matchup in terms of passing yards. 299 net passing yards allowed per game. So Russ bounces back in this one. Carson's still dealing with the foot injury, but I think he's ultimately going to be fine. Yeah, the Jets, they contained Devontae Booker, but they're... They have their hands full with Chris Carson. He's a uh, rock-solid play this week. Green Bay, Detroit, I, I have nothing. I mean, you know what you're going to do with Green Bay, right? Aaron Jones, amazing matchup. Okay, cool. You're going to play him. And you play him in DFS as well. Do you pay up with Devontae Adams in DFS? Maybe. He's really expensive, though. But obviously, season-long, Roger, Adams, Tanyan, you start all these guys. I got nothing there. But I do have something on the other side. DeAndre Swift could be back on the field. I am really cautious about this, though. Because last week, when it, when we weren't really sure about his status, Daryl Bevel came out and said, we have a small amount of packages for him. Is that the same thing that they're going to do this week? No, we don't know. And maybe we get more clarity before game time. But if I'm sitting here with DeAndre Swift and I'm looking at the Packers and they're a phenomenal matchup, but I don't know how much he's going to touch the ball, I don't want to be in a... It wouldn't be a Clyde Edwards-Alaire last week situation because I do think he plays regardless if he's active. He's going he's gonna to be on the field, but how many snaps... That we don't know. Is it every down or close to? Is it full-blown committee and we see way too much of Adrian Peterson and carry on Johnson? That's what gives me pause there. So I'm going to view Swift more as a flex option. Like a front-end flex option, but still not an RB2. Little little uh, skittish about that. New Orleans and uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Alvin Kamara, she showed us last week. He's still an RB1. Don't doubt this dude. That's a tough matchup, 3.7 yards per carry to opposing backfields, but we saw last week as well, if that Philly offense isn't able to sustain drives, the defense stays on the field, eventually the defense is going to wear down because they're human beings, right? So that's my one worry there uh, for that defense, which is actually a good worry if you have Alvin Kamara. Also, Latavius Murray banged up, popping up on the injury report midweek. That's usually not a good sign. Just saying, not a good sign. Limited practice with a knee injury. If he doesn't go, it'll be all Kamara in this one, and I love that. On the other side, not going to use Jalen Hurts. I could I could see it in DFS. I could, but I'm not going to use him in season long outside of two quarterback leagues. But I'm more interested here in Miles Sanders. So we are going to see some read option, man read, zone read stuff from the, the Eagles here. And it'll be interesting to see how that works with Hurts and Sanders. It could open things up for Sanders, though, because Hertz is capable of doing that. We saw it at the college level. But that being said, I'm not trusting Sanders as anything more than a back-end RB2. 
Now, if you said Swift or Sanders, it is Sanders, but I'm not going to go too crazy here. Like Wayne Gallman or Sanders? Yeah, I'm going Wayne Gallman, honestly. It's really largely because of the matchup. The Saints are the worst matchup for running backs in fantasy football. Atlanta and the Chargers. No Julio Jones, so yes, Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage will be a flex option, but don't get too carried away there. Todd Gurley will be good to go here. It's a nice matchup. You can run on the Chargers, 4.96 yards per carry. I just don't want to get too carried away with Gurley because of the knee. So he's still a flex option. On the other side, 300.7 net passing yards per game against the Falcons. Only the Seahawks will allow more. So yeah, Justin Herbert, giddy up. If you have Russell Wilson, if you have Patrick Mahomes, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you start those guys. If you have anybody else and you have Justin Herbert, I'm starting Justin Herbert. That's how I go. That's how I roll this week. I think he bounces back. I think Austin Eckler bounces back. Uh, the Falcons are really tough against the run game, but Eckler's value comes from his role in the passing game more so than the run game. So uh, that's that's where I'm looking at. Eckler's a top 12 play. Washington, San Francisco, no Antonio Gibson. So we'll have JD, JD McKissick, Peyton Barber. I realize that Peyton Barber looks somewhat appealing when you look at his projections, but I am not going as far as using him in the fantasy football playoffs. I have him ranked 41, so he's outside of flex territory. J.D. McKissick is in play. I mean, and this is partially, it's not only because Peyton Barber's a jag, it's because 3.56 yards per carry to opposing backfields, that's a tough matchup. So J.D. McKissick, if they get down especially, he's a really intriguing option. He could be a flex option here. On the other side, this backfield, it really is annoying. There is a four-headed monster. Mostert, Wilson, Coleman, McKinnon, they're all going to play. They're all going to touch the ball. Raheem Mostert is not playing enough snaps to be considered more than an RB3, so a flex option. And Washington is good against the run, so be careful there. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Connor's going to be back on the field, so he's right back in RB2 territory. You say Connor or Miles Sanders, it's Connor. On the other side, not much to report. You're playing Josh Allen as a mid-range quarterback one. You're playing Stephon Diggs as a top 10 wide receiver, and that's it against the Steelers' defense. Baltimore and Cleveland rounding it out here. Lamar, I like the matchup for Lamar. Cleveland allowing over two passing scores per game, so that's good for Lamar. He's rolling after that Tuesday night win. J.K. Dobbins, a lot of people asking about him as well. He's a solid RB, too. 71 yards. And a score on 11 carries. It's a nice number right there. Uh, he is in that committee. And that's a little frustrating. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, he's leading that committee in that backfield. The Browns are allowing .8 rushing scores per game. 4.1 yards per carry. So it's it's a reasonably good matchup. I like Dobbins as an RB2 play. I'm not going to overthink the matchup for Nick Chubb. It is a tough matchup. But over the course of the last two seasons, he has 45 carries. For 270 yards and three scores against the Ravens. So, yeah, he's a top 10 play. Don't get too cute with Baker Mayfield, though. Yes, last week looked very good. This week is against the Ravens. He's barely a two-quarterback option for me this week against this Ravens defense that has allowed just 1.3 passing scores per game to opposing quarterbacks. Hey, man, when it comes to setting your starting lineups this week, don't overthink it. The best play is typically the right play. You're never going to figure out uh, the the mysteries to the fantasy football universe, so don't think that you're going to be able to see through the matrix. It's just not going to happen here. 
So don't overthink it. If you need help with your start sit decisions, you can always head on over to ftnfantasy.com and check out my rankings. I got you covered in the three major scoring formats, and I have you covered in flex. So if it came down to it and you're like, should I start this guy or this guy in flex, and they play one's a running back, one's a wideout, I got you covered. You know, even if I can't get to your Twitter question or your Instagram question, I got you covered there. All right. So go do that, ftnfantasy.com. We also have free stuff over there as well to check out. Pretty cool site, man. Pretty cool. Appreciate everybody continuing to review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't already, it's a huge help to the show and it will only take you 30 seconds. I mean, really. If you're listening to it right now on Apple Podcasts, you got an iPhone, uh, just Open up the the show page, so the rant with Jeff Ratcliffe, scroll to the bottom and click the stars. It's that easy. If you're not listening there, you're listening elsewhere, review it wherever you can, but also you can just do so on the web. You can Even if you don't listen on Apple, it really pulls a lot of weight for the podcast, so you could go review it uh, on the web. Like I said, 30 seconds of your time goes a long way. I'm giving you... You know, here I just gave you 20 plus minutes of my time. Give me 30 seconds of your time. We'll call it We'll call it even. All right? We'll call it even. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use the hashtag Rap Hack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And enjoy this weekend of football. The playoffs are here. We'll be back on Monday to recap all the action. I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. We'll be right back.